Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. From KQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. Hi, my name is Moshe Kasher, and I'm the author of the new book, Kasher in the Rye, the true tale of a white boy from Oakland who became a drug addict, criminal, mental patient, and then turned 16. This is a rough book, but it's a funny one, too, because I am a stand-up comedian, so there's some laughs in there. It's the story of my teenage debauchery, and all you need to know is that I was 12 years old when I first started smoking pot, and it changed my life. Also, I have two deaf parents. That's right, deaf, like they can't hear me. But you can, so let's begin. I walked around convinced that I had some private information that had been kept from the rest of the squares in the world. When I'd walk by a grizzled old hippie or a Rastafarian-looking man, I'd grin and nod my head as if to say, Hello! Pot smoker here too! I get it! Lots of confused looks ensued, but I paid them no mind. My mother had finally saved enough money to get us our own place, and we moved next door to a bar called the King's X, a local hangout for the worst people possible. We had a metal bat that lived at our front door, and I couldn't possibly tell you the number of times I had to run outside with that thing and bang it on the ground to scare off some awful mess urinating on my front door or some disgusting trolls rutting in the weeds next to the house. People loved to pull up to the King's X and rev their engines for 45 minutes and play the latest Dr. Dre track at the highest volume possible without ripping through the space-time continuum. The bass would shake the house, rattling the windows and keeping me up at night. How lucky my mother was to be deaf. How awful our landlords were to rent her this place and not mention the decibel level that her two hearing sons would have to deal with it. We got used to it. My little rickety house was stationed about a mile from the Rockridge Bart, the home base for me and my friends. One mile. So far. I was fat and lazy and hated to walk. I slumped myself over to the 59A bus stop and waited for the bus to come. I loved to hitchhike. I honestly don't know why, but every time I'd sit there, I'd throw my thumb up and start asking people if they were going my way. You think I could get a ride? Most people stared straight ahead as if they were deaf, at which point I would sign to them, Can I get a ride? And laugh to myself. Only to myself. This little life of mine. There are moments in a life that make you think maybe there's a thread of meaning through this bumbling little experience. Seconds and inches that peel open the epidermis of the universe to reveal the intricate nervous system of interconnectivity that lies within. Things that make you say, there might be something to this God thing after all. Little God moments. My God moment puttered up to me in a 1970 Datsun 510. It was a rusty thing with primer gray splotted rough blue paint. A little wagon that looked like it was going to self-destruct into a thousand pieces at any second. It pulled up and stopped right in front of my bus stop. Inside was a hippie angel. I mean, this guy looked like an R. Crumb character. A Frank Zappa of a man with dirty, curly hair cascading down his shoulders, gray streaks flecking his bushiness, showing his age. Next to him was a man ripped from a Jimi Hendrix concert photo, 
a withered old hippie wanderer whose leather headband might not have been removed for years, a thousand years, a million. Namaste. Zappa turned his head to me and smiled, a big, white, greedy smile, all love. I did my hand like, roll down the window. The man Buddha complied. Hey, I said. Hey, brother. We were brothers. You guys heading to Rockridge Bart? I knew the answer. We are now. Zappa popped the door open and slid his seat forward. Jump in. I leapt. Some people just won't understand these things. I could sense the electric current in the air, feel the power. I sat down on the lambswool seat cover. No introductions were made. None were needed. We'd known each other forever. Lifetimes. Led Zeppelin was blaring from the eight-track stereo. Of course it was. Was I in the past? Hey, brother, you smoke? The Hendrix experience handed me a fat, beautiful joint filled with adult weed. Do I? I sucked in hard. I coughed out harder. Easy there, brother. Zappa laughed. Adult weed. Somehow, no matter how good the weed was back then, some trick of nature or special club allowed the adults to get the best weed in the world. Parents' stashes were filled with otherworldly stuff. Crystal-crusted indica and Maui-Waui, the best stuff. Only one thing was more powerful than adult weed. Adult hippie weed. Oh, Lord, give me strength. I smoked that joint and passed it back to Zappa, who put his hand up in supplication like Jesus. No way. Keep smoking. You only have it for a mile. We smoke all day. <laughs> he laughed like Santa. He laughed like the Buddha. He laughed like the universe. I sat there, laughing, smoking. My mouth turned into a desert. The desiccating hand of Cottonmouth swabbed my tongue, and just at that moment when I could take no more... Hendrix turned to me and smiled. Hey, you want a beer? I'd love one. Nothing sounds better. He handed me a Red Hook extra special bitter. My favorite nice beer. I never drank nice beer, but today I drank like an alcoholic king. The malt washed away my dryness. Hops washed away my sins. We pulled up to Bart, my mind blown, my joint cashed, my beard drunk. What a ten minutes. I oozed out of the car and said my goodbyes. Zappa pulled out a pack of smokes. Oh. My. God. Are those Newports? Newports. My cigarette. My favorite. Not a common smoke of the hippie. More a staple of the... Well, you know. This couldn't be a Newport? Yeah, brother. You want one? I'd love one. I trembled as a tear welled up in my eye. Here you go. Zappa handed me a smoke and I stared at it, waiting to wake up in Kansas. I looked up. The Datsun was gone. The greatest moment in my life had passed. I lit the Newport and offered it to the great spirit. I smoked in enlightenment. If only every day were like this. Of course, it wasn't. That moment was the best life could ever be for me. The pinnacle. The peak of my experience in the new drugged world I'd entered. 
I'd look back on that car ride over the years and wish I could go back. But, of course, right after the peak begins the descent. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED.